Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and today I want to talk to you about everybody's favorite topic, which is supplements. And I'm going to be talking a lot about supplements in future episodes. It's one of my favorite topics. I used to work in the supplement industry, so I know a lot about it and I love you know, addressing people's questions and dispelling myths and uh, just getting really, really into the nitty gritty about all of them because I think it is so fascinating. But what I want to do is today talk in general about supplements. And then in the future, I want to give each supplement their own episode so that way we can do a true deep dive into each of them. I'll start off by doing several episodes on some of the most common ones that people have asked me about. Um, And then I'll kind of start interspersing some of the more niche supplements as we go along and talk about other things related to nutrition and brain performance. All right. So before I get started with that, though, I would like to say, please leave me a rating and review because it does help me out a whole lot. And it also lets me know what you're thinking. And also please subscribe because I do have so many more episodes as I just hinted at coming in the pipeline. So uh, you'll be the first to know if you subscribe. All right. So let's take a little bit of a journey back in time. Let's go back to 1994. Okay. Bill Clinton was president and there was an act called the Shia which got passed in that year. Before DeShio was passed, this is how the supplement industry worked. Let's say you design some brand new supplement. It's hot stuff. You think it's going to work. And so you go to the FDA and you tell them, hey, I have this new supplement. I want to start selling it. And they say, okay, well, if you want to do that, I'm going to need you to go run a bunch of tests on your supplement, prove that it's safe, prove that it's effective and give me all those documents. And then I'm going to go audit your, you know, everything that that you submit. And if it meets, you know, up to code, uh, then we'll let you start selling your supplement. You say, great. Okay. You go do all that stuff. You submit to the government. They say, okay, you start selling on the shelf. Everything is good. And that sounds great, right? (laughs) Now, 1994 happens. Ever since this time, this is how supplements work. You have some hot new supplement. You think it's going to work. You say, I want to sell this. And so you go, you design it, and all you have to do is put it on the shelf. That's it. (laughs) Okay. So you don't have to submit anything to the government. You can just start selling supplements willy-nilly. You can create them. There is no problem at all. All right. You have 30 days after it's already on the shelf before you have to submit all of your safety data. This product could be killing people does not matter. All right. You have a grace period before you have to submit them. And there's so many supplements out there these days that the government just can't keep up with auditing every single one that comes across, you know, their desk. And, you know, I get it. But at the same time, this comes at a huge detriment to the consumer. There were all these lobbyists and tons of money being poured into Washington to get this bill passed because this helps the supplement industry make a lot more money. Okay, so they wanted this. And the downside is that it comes at a risk to the consumer. And we unfortunately still adhere to these guidelines. And so what that means is that taking any supplement is inherently a risky enterprise 
just from the get-go, just because of that, okay? Regardless of whether or not there's a lot of safety data behind it, you know, and whether or not uh, someone says that so-and-so supplement is good for you, doesn't matter because that particular brand may not have had any of those safety claims filed, may not have had anything uh, done proving that that particular blend is actually safe and effective for you. And the bad thing, okay, here's the real bad thing. Let's say I'm a supplement company and I have a bad supplement and I know it, okay? Here's what I do. I put it on the shelves, start selling. I got a massive ad campaign and it starts selling. Now, some people start getting hurt from taking my supplement. Government steps in finally after a certain amount of people have been hurt or gotten sick or died. That's when they finally tell me, okay, you should probably pull that stuff off of the shelves. <laughs> That's bad, right? But here's what's worse. Most supplement companies will just take that product that got pulled from the shelves, slap a brand new label on it, and put it right back out there. Super shady, but it happens. That sucks. Now let's say I do that again, and I get busted again. Government comes out and says, you can't do this, and you know I know you did this before, so this is a problem. So what do I do? I have all this product. Now what I do is I take all this product that I have to pull off the shelves, and then I go and I sell it to other supplement companies. And what they do is they will take that supplement that I used that was failing and use it as a filler ingredient for their same supplements with similar ingredients. Okay, so in that way, all these supplements are still being circulated. We're just kind of diluting them so that way maybe it's not going to be a problem for the next guy. That sucks. <laughs> as a consumer, that sucks. I need you to be wary. I need to warn you that that is the reality that you are dealing with every time you decide you want to purchase a supplement. Even if your doctor told you to do so, that is something that you are going up against, okay, which makes it inherently risky. With that out of the way, let me answer the question, do you even need supplements? And the easy answer is no. You do not. And if we're up to me, I would literally end this right here, but I do not think you guys would appreciate that very much. You can get everything you need from Whole Food. You don't need a supplement. It's in the word, all right? Supplement does not mean replacement for your entire diet, okay? A lot of people think they can just eat fast food all the time, pop a multivitamin, and everything's going to be fine. That could not be further from the truth. It'd be great if it was. I wish it was. I would just be eating candy bars and popping pills all the time, and you know we'd call it a day, right? Um, but that's not how it works. Whole foods trump supplements all the time. Whole foods need to be the staple in your diet, and supplements are—it's in the word. It's supplemental to your diet, okay? And it comes with an inherent risk that I kind of mentioned before. And you know, aside from the risks, it actually is more costly than food. Supplements cost so much, so much money. Oh my God, I, I see people spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. A lot of my clients are spending thousands of dollars on supplements. And a big perk that I usually offer my clients is I can save them so much money by just having them eliminate some of these garbage supplements that they're taking. But here's some quick stats for you, okay? 80%, 80% of supplements, what's on the label, does not match the product inside. So you could hear from your doctor, you could hear from your dietitian, go take this supplement, okay? But if you just go to a random uh, supplement store or buy a random supplement from Amazon, 
80% of those, what's inside doesn't match the label. That's shockingly high. What's worse, 10 to 15% of supplements contain some kind of prohibited substance or some kind of contaminant or some kind of adulterant. So there's a 10 to 15% chance that whatever you buy is going to make you flag on a drug test and is going to come with a whole host of other sorts of negative health consequences. Okay, so that's not only bad, but that's straight up criminal, right? Like that is terrible. So going back to the original question though, do you need supplements? Let's say you can get a safe supplement, right? Let's say you have zero financial concerns. Let's say you don't mind spending thousands of dollars on supplements. Let's say you know absolutely beyond a shadow of doubt it's safe. What would I recommend? And here I would say, okay, well, let's first look towards your nutrition fundamentals. Let's look at your sleep. Let's look at your training. Let's look at your stress. Let's look at your social situation. Okay. It is impossible, impossible to use a supplement to compensate for a deficit in any of those areas. All right. Focus on the right stuff first, and you will see a far better return on your time and your efforts. And I'm serious about this. Supplements are only going to give you that last little edge, that last little bit, you know, taking you from 99 to 100%, okay? But you need to get the 90, 95% right from doing the other stuff, okay? A supplement is never going to trump a problem that you have in any of those key areas. So focus on the, the basics before you even start looking towards a supplement. But okay. Let's say you've mastered everything. Let's say you have no financial concerns. You got the safe supplement. What then? What supplements do I recommend then? And, you know, here I'd say, okay, you know, you got me. <laughs> um, here I'd have to say it depends, okay? Because your unique situation is going to dictate if a supplement can actually be beneficial or not to you, all right? So I have a couple rules that I want to give you before I mention a couple supplements to you. The first rule is that you need to only buy verified or pharmaceutical grade su supplements. This is how you protect yourself from, you know, the, the Shia acts uh, shadiness that, that came along with it. Okay, so you need to protect your health. And in to do so, you should buy something that is third-party verified. And so what do I mean by third-party verified? What I mean is different supplement companies, what they can do is they can pay for this independent company to come in and test their products so they have no financial stake in, in, the, in the company. They don't care if their, their products succeed or fail. So third-party, what they do is they test the product and they make sure that what's in the bag or in the bottle matches the label. And some of them will actually go so far as to test to make sure that they're um, they're going to pass drug tests. So if you're an athlete, they'll make sure that it doesn't have anything that flat would flag for you on a drug test. Um, they'll also make sure that it doesn't contain any harmful contaminants or adulterants. And so some good ones, some good companies that you can look to that are you know these third-party verification companies, NSF International, Consumer Lab, and USP, as in Peter. Uh, USP, they are mainly dealing with vitamins and minerals, and the other two, they deal with uh, a whole host of, of uh, supplements. And then if, 
you know, if, if none of these suits your fancy, then go for the pharmaceutical grade ones. Okay. And usually pharmaceutical grade products are only those that can be uh, dispensed through a healthcare practitioner. Okay, so only healthcare practitioners get access to these and can sell them or can prescribe them. So to find out what specific products have been verified, though, all you have to do is go to one of those websites. So to that NSF International Consumer Lab or USP and type in whatever you're interested in. So, for example, if you're interested in vitamin D, go to, you know, USP website, type in vitamin D, and it's going to pull up a list of all of the products that they have verified with vitamin D in it. Okay. And then from there, just, you know, go on Amazon cruise on there and choose based on uh, price or preference or whatever fancy logo you like, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so one thing that I will say is the NSF international is probably the most well-recognized of the companies. However, you know, if I'm being completely candid with you, which I try to do, the standards for each company are basically identical. So there's not going to be any practical difference between the supplements verified from, say, NSF International versus Consumer Labs. All right. And on a personal note, I will say that there are quite a few quality products that are unfortunately not third party verified or pharmaceutical grade. It does cost companies a lot of money to get that stamp of approval, and that cost can be prohibitive for smaller businesses. And as I, I can't really recommend a reliable way for you to otherwise discern what is a safe product or not, my recommendation is to not risk it and just pay the premium for that extra quality check. Yes, you will need to pay a premium to get a, a product that is third-party verified, but if you're serious enough to take a supplement, then you should also be willing to pay for a good one. Okay, the next rule I want you to follow is to please speak with a healthcare practitioner. And hopefully if it's something food related, you're speaking with a dietitian. Because verified does not mean safe and effective. All that really means is that what's on the label matches what's inside and it doesn't have any contaminants or adulterants. It's very easy for you to overdose on a supplement okay or you know have have some kind of misdosing with it and not only that but most supplements have minimal long-term safety data and many supplements are built by combining ingredients and so while the ingredients might be safe individually and the product can hit the shelves um, because it has nothing but safe ingredients we actually have no idea how the ingredients interact together because two ingredients, which might be safe on their own, can actually create a dangerous compound when mixed together. I'm sure you remember elementary school mixing baking soda and vinegar individually. Okay, they're not doing much, but together they create this giant bubbly thing. So in a similar vein, when you mix two compounds, you can create something entirely new that has different properties than the two individually. But the most prevalent issue with the supplement is poor dosing. Supplements are usually expensive to produce, so the companies play off of your ignorance to cut corners. So for example, they know that consumers have heard, okay, omega-3 fatty acids are good for you. You know, fish oil is good for you. Most of you guys know that, right? You've probably heard that. However, they also know that 99% of consumers have absolutely no idea what dose is needed to be clinically effective 
okay? So they can get away with a dose that is not effective at all and cut their costs considerably. And I laugh when I see fish oil capsules where a single serving, say, provides 250 milligrams of omega-3. You need over 10 times this dose in a day if you're, if you're not really eating too much fish. Okay, so it's just laughable how, how they can scam consumers like this and no one, no one knows. And this product could be third-party verified, okay, because it, it does contain the, say, 250 milligrams of omega-3. That's fine, but it just means that consumers are not getting anything that's effective for them. And so the last point that I want to share about this is that based off of your individual circumstances, the supplement could be anywhere from truly, you know, beneficial to completely useless, which is a huge range, right? And it's impossible to know without first considering your unique situation. Genetics is one example, all right? People are inherently responders or non-responders to certain supplements based off of your own DNA. This is classically seen in caffeine, for example. About a third of people are responders to caffeine. About a third of people have no effect. And about a third of people actually see a detriment when they're given caffeine. However, the average, you know, it's marketed to a lot of people. You see things like energy drinks, right? They're marketed to a lot of people to give you energy, but a lot for a lot of people, um, they might actually be making their performance worse by taking this compound. All right. So you have to factor in your individual situation. And I don't expect consumers to be able to take into account all of those variables, which is why I say you should probably speak with a healthcare practitioner in order to help you make the best decision as to what supplements could actually benefit your, your unique situation. So, so the bottom line, what works for someone else most likely does not work for you. Okay, you can't just copy what other people are doing. You should consult a healthcare practitioner, hopefully a dietitian, to make sure that the supplement makes sense for you as an individual. And they'll also be able to help you out with figuring out a good dosing protocol. Okay. So there is one trial, one interesting research study that I would like to briefly go over just because it kind of covers some of the points that I've already talked about here. So just a little bit of backstory though. Caffeine is known to enhance endurance performance. And so what the study did was they wanted to see, does it matter what dose you're given? So here's what they did. They broke it up into three groups. The first group was given placebo or no caffeine. The second group was given 4.5 milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight. All right, that's just a way for them to standardize the dose based off of how much they weigh. And the last group was given nine milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight. All right, so you have three groups. And to put it in perspective, 4.5 mix per kilogram of body weight is about a moderate dose of caffeine. It's still actually much higher than what most people are drinking in, say, a cup of coffee. Um, and nine milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight, that dose is actually incredibly high. That's like a, I'm getting heart palpitations, kind of high dose of caffeine, all right? So here's what they did. They had these three groups, and then they told them to cycle as fast as they could over a distance of 10 kilometers. And they wanted to see what the power output was of each of these groups. And here were the results. The placebo group, expectedly, had the lowest power output. They did it in the slowest amount of time. The moderate dose of caffeine 
they had even more power output and they shaved the time off a little bit. And the nine milligram dose, they had even more power output and the fastest times. So basically what you saw was a dose response effect where the higher the dose of caffeine, the more pronounced effect you saw with the, um, with the cycling performance. And this is in line with what people know. Now, I did just lie to you about this trial, just as the researchers lied to the participants. And the interesting thing is that in this trial, all groups were given placebo, not just the, the zero mix per kg group. Okay, every single group was given placebo. And so what this means is that not only was a placebo effect apparent because the people who were told they were given the moderate dose and the people who were told they were given the higher dose, they did better. They actually did better, right? That is a placebo effect. They did it in a dose response manner. So this was the first study that actually showed a dose response placebo effect, which just means that the strength of your belief determines the strength of the performance enhancement that you got from the supplement, which is fascinating. That, that blew my mind when I saw that. And what I'm trying to get across here is that the power of the brain is phenomenal. <laughs> okay, so if you believe something is going to work, it probably will work. And so even if we have the best science behind everything, if you believe it's not going to work, it's probably not going to work. Okay, there's something called a nocebo effect. You can nocebo effect yourself to performance decreases. And in this podcast, you know, we're, we're trying to have performance improvements. And so regardless of what the supplement is, if you truly, truly, truly believe it's going to help you, it probably did. But it's more a function of your brain than a function of the actual supplement itself. So keep that in mind. You know, while I will definitely guide you towards the science-based ones that will probably be effective for you, there is a certain element of the brain in here where the brain has a big say in whether or not a supplement is going to work for you. And this is one of the reasons why we see so much variety in people's responsiveness to different supplements. Some people, like I said, are responders and some people are non-responders. One of the reasons is genetics, but another one of the big reasons is the placebo effect. So it is real, it is powerful, and it is something that you have to take into consideration when you are trying to purchase a supplement. All right, so I've kind of gone on a little bit um, and I, I do wanna just briefly, briefly, briefly give you a little bit of a list of some of the supplements that have the most data behind them, okay? So here are some of the supplements where if I was playing the numbers game, they might be beneficial for you, all right? This is not an exhaustive list. There are many, many other supplements, and I'm going to talk about a lot of them, but the, the, the ones I'm about to mention, these are the ones that I feel comfortable uh, kind of putting out in this blanket uh, podcast such as this. The first one is protein powder, all right? Sometimes it's tough to get all the protein you need in a day. Sometimes you don't want to eat a big meal right after you work out, uh, but protein supplements can provide a convenient delivery form to help you meet your total needs and at those key times, okay? So I mentioned in a different podcast how your nutrition fundamentals are very important, and if you are not eating enough protein, you are not synthesizing enough of the neurotransmitters that you need for optimal brain performance. So if you need assistance in hitting how much protein you need in a day, protein powder might be beneficial for you, okay? The next one I want to mention 
is a basic multivitamin and mineral. And I actually don't think that that product by itself, as I just said it, is good. Um, what I mean is you should be looking for a specific deficiency and correcting it. Okay. And if one is truly correcting, you know, if taking a multivitamin or a mineral is actually truly correcting a deficiency, then the improvements in your performance will actually be quite significant. Make sure you are getting labs, check out your blood work and see, are you actually deficient in things? Okay. If you are truly deficient in say iron and you're anemic, then go take an iron supplement. You do not need to take a full multivitamin, okay? All you need is the iron. If everything else came back fine, why are you bothering with the multivitamin mineral? Just get the iron supplement. And the other thing that bugs me about multivitamins and minerals is that most of the doses on there are mega doses. It says like 5,000% of vitamin C, you know, 400% of vitamin D6. It's like, why do you need 400% of what's recommended for a human to consume in a single day? Okay, so in one single serving, they put in five times as much as you need in a whole day. That is completely ridiculous to me. Other countries actually make fun of us in the nutrition world because they say that we have the most expensive urine in the world. Okay, because we're just peeing out a lot of that stuff. But the stuff that we don't pee out will actually be detrimental to your health because it's going to build up in your system. So multivitamin mineral can be good if it's correcting a deficiency. But you need to look for one where the doses are more reasonable. Okay, try to find one that's maybe 25% of your daily recommended serving. Okay, you're still eating throughout the rest of the day, right? Hopefully you're having fruits and vegetables and hopefully you're having, you know, these foods that are very nutrient dense. Okay, hopefully you don't need these things. Um, but you definitely don't need something that has five times your daily recommended. Okay, try to find one that accounts for the fact that you're actually eating food in the rest of your day. The next one that could be good, fish oil, all right? However, you should just be eating fish. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Vitamin D can also be useful if your levels are low, but you need to first check that your vitamin D levels are actually low with labs. And similar to the fish oil, you should probably just be making sure you're getting adequate sunlight, all right? And the last supplement I wanna to mention today is caffeine which is everybody's favorite psychotropic compound. <laughs> and it's also the most uh, widely used psychotropic compound, and it's also the one with the most research behind it. And it does have ergogenic properties, meaning performance-enhancing properties, okay? And it does this by acting through the brain. Um, so caffeine, just quick little note here for you. If you are using it for physical performance reasons, you probably need a higher dose than you think you do. If you're using it just to help you stay awake, then a typical uh, cup of coffee will do just fine. Um, I'll talk in more detail about caffeine another time, but just know that it does help you to stay more awake and stay more vigilant. However, it cannot make up for poor sleep. It also helps out with some other things, but we'll talk about that on another podcast. So to summarize this podcast, First thing you need to do is make sure your nutrition fundamentals, your sleep, your training, your stress, your social situation, those are all dialed in before you even begin to look at supplements, okay? And if you are really set on buying a supplement though, make sure you buy one that is either third-party verified or pharmaceutical grade. 
and some of the companies that I listed for you that do third-party verification were Consumer Lab, NSF International, and USP. Now, if you are looking to buy a supplement, please, please, please consult a healthcare practitioner because they'll be able to tell you if the supplement is actually going to help you out and make sense given your unique situation and goals, um, as well as what a proper dosing protocol might look like for you to be actually effective and not just you throwing money down the drain. <laughs> okay. Lastly, the supplements that I listed that have the most data behind them uh, for both safety and efficacy and uh, can actually help you out here. I mentioned protein powder. I mentioned a multivitamin or mineral, but please get your labs checked. I mentioned omega-3s. I mentioned vitamin D, and I also mentioned caffeine. And honestly, there are so many more supplements here that I could probably have thrown on this list, but these are the most common ones. And what I want to do with future episodes is do a deep dive into each of these to talk about how they can help your brain and how they can help your brain performance. Okay, so supplements is such a tricky topic, but uh, the everything that I talked about here will help you get started. And if you have any specific supplements that you are interested in hearing about, please, please let me know. Please leave me a rating and review. Please shoot me a message. Um, and that way I know what supplements you want to hear about and I'll do a deep dive into any of them. Uh, please subscribe and that way you'll be the first to know when the next episodes go live. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. We'll chat next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.